welcome to yet another episode of Crushing English, where I bring you bite-sized English lessons for use in your daily life, whether it be at home or work. If you haven't yet, please follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook account at Crushing English. Just search for our logo on these pages so you can receive daily English lessons. For today's episode, we are going to talk about English idioms or expressions that you can use at work or in the office. To be a native English speaker, it is best to familiarize yourself with these expressions so you don't feel lost and get one step closer to your goals in English mastery. Let's begin! Our first idiom is breathing down my neck. You say that someone is breathing down your neck when they are always watching what you are doing and constantly supervising you and asking for updates. We all have at one time or another had a boss like this or experienced a situation where a person is just like this to us. For example, my boss keeps breathing down my neck. I already told him that I will have the report done by tomorrow. He wants it done by tonight. Here's another example. Sorry, I can't go with you to the party. My boss is breathing down my neck to finish this project before Friday. Instead of my neck, you can also say your neck, his neck, her neck to refer to someone else. For example, I understand you can't go to the event tonight. I see how your boss keeps breathing down your neck. Our second idiom is when pigs fly. Pigs don't fly, so when you say that pigs fly, you are referring to something impossible or very difficult to do. For example, I don't know how I will get promoted at work when I am always late. I'll probably get promoted when pigs fly. Here's another example. I will be able to finish 1,000 pages of this book I am writing when pigs fly. It's taking me forever to finish. So to recap, you say when pigs fly when you are referring to something that is impossible or difficult to do. Our third idiom is from the horse's mouth. This idiom is used to describe information from the main source or a very reliable source. In the workplace, sometimes you will hear a lot of information, but you're not exactly sure if you should tell someone else this information because you don't know where it's from. But if you know that this person is a reliable source or he is the only or the main source, then you refer to his mouth as the horse's mouth. For example, 
I heard straight from the horse's mouth that we will get a salary increase next month. Here's another example. Listen, I heard from the horse's mouth that Matthew will get fired next week. He stole a million dollars from the company. So to recap, you say from the horse's mouth when you are referring to a reliable or main source of information. Our fourth idiom is hands are tied. You say your hands are tied or someone else's hands are tied when you or this person is very busy and cannot handle additional matters. For example, as much as I would like to help you in this project, I can't. My hands are tied handling five more projects to finish by the end of the month. Here's another example. My hands are tied taking the kids to and from school, cooking for my family, and then working on this project. I'm tired. Instead of saying your hands are tied or my hands are tied, you can also say his hands are tied, her hands are tied. So you can say it for other people. Our fifth idiom is learn the ropes. To learn the ropes is to learn the basics of something. You can use this when you are new at doing something or when you haven't experienced something before and you are about to. For example, he was so helpful. Because of him, I was able to learn the ropes and get promoted in this company very quickly. Here's another example. I don't know much about the job, but I am willing to learn the ropes from a good teacher. So to recap, you say learn the ropes when you are about to learn the basics or you are learning the basics of something. Our sixth idiom is in a nutshell. You say in a nutshell as another phrase for saying in conclusion or to summarize something. You also use this phrase for something that can be said in fewer words. For example, we were able to make one million US dollars in sales this month. In a nutshell, we did very well and should continue working hard. Here's another example. Brenda and Mike are no longer friends. I heard the full story. In a nutshell, Mike stole her idea and did not give her credit for it. So to recap, in a nutshell is another word for to summarize or in conclusion. Our seventh and last idiom is see eye to eye. When you see eye to eye with someone, this means that you have the same idea or same thoughts about something. For example, my boss and I see eye to eye. We both think 
that social media is the best way to advertise our products. Here's another example. My coworker and I don't see eye to eye. He wants to use black ink and I want to use red ink for printing the papers. So again, you say see eye to eye when you are referring to a situation where you have the same thoughts or the same idea with someone else. When was the last time you saw eye to eye with your coworker or your boss? Thank you for listening to our 24th episode of Crushing English. I'm so happy that you actually took the time to listen to our little podcast episode for the day and I hope that you learned something new. As always, if you want to repeat the lesson, just hit playback. And for show notes to this episode, please visit crushingenglish.com slash episode 24. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to follow all our social media accounts at Crushing English on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast from. Hello! Welcome to yet another episode of Crushing English where I bring you bite-sized English lessons for use in your daily life, whether it be at home or work. If you haven't yet, please follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook account at Crushing English. Follow these pages where you can receive daily English lessons. These past few weeks has been incredibly stressful for the entire world. We've got the entire country of Italy on lockdown, thousands of people affected, celebrities like Tom Hanks and his wife admitting that they have caught the coronavirus, and even basketball star Rudy Gobert from Utah Jazz also tested positive for COVID-19, currently the world's most feared virus. While the disease only has a 2% or 3% mortality rate, meaning only this percentage of those affected actually die from complications, this doesn't mean that we should take this virus lightly. While you may be the strongest person in your community, we have every reason to be concerned because we don't have the responsibility to just take care of ourselves we also have the responsibility to take care of our entire community. During this difficult time, we need to stop the selfishness. There is this admirable Japanese cultural trait of mindfulness where the Japanese put other people's welfare first before their own. This could mean something so simple as not hoarding or buying all the stocks of tissue paper, rubbing alcohol and basic food necessities from the groceries, but leaving enough supply for others who are in need. Being mindful also means wearing a mask when you go outside, especially when you are not feeling well. If you are coughing or have a cold, being mindful means 
something as simple as staying at home so you don't put others at risk. If you chance upon coronavirus updates on your social media accounts that would probably make more people panic instead of help them, think twice before you share such information. Being mindful means respecting others regardless of their race or where they come from. It's true that while the sickness originated in China, it doesn't mean that all Chinese people wanted this disease to happen or that they eat wild animals. Can you imagine if this disease originated from where you came from? How would you take racist comments directed at you? During this difficult time, we need to stop thinking of just ourselves, but also others. We need to respect one another and give support to those who may eventually catch the virus, to those who are uneducated about it, to the poor who already struggle with finding means and ways to survive, and to the doctors, nurses, who actively work day in and day out to contain the disease and control it. While I was thinking of content to post for this episode, I thought of all those who aren't fluent in English, but are in English-speaking countries. If you are sick or are not feeling well, how do you tell others that you are sick in other ways? If you want to find out, stay tuned. One of the symptoms of the coronavirus is the common cold. Thus, if you have a cold and you keep producing mucus through your nose, you can say, I have a runny nose or I have a stuffy nose. But if your cold isn't that serious, then you can say instead, I have the sniffles. Let's repeat that again. I have the sniffles. For example, if you sneeze in public and someone asks you, do you have a cold? You can say, no, I just have the sniffles. Sometimes when you wake up in the morning or from a nap, you may have the sniffles because you slept with the air conditioner on or it's just really cold. But this doesn't necessarily mean that you are sick because the sniffles can subside or go away as you go along with your day. Now what about your throat? If your throat is giving you problems, making it difficult for you to speak, swallow, eat, or even drink, you can say, I have a sore throat or I have a scratchy throat. Let's do that again. I have a sore throat or I have a scratchy throat. According to news reports, one of the symptoms of the coronavirus is a sore throat. So when you experience discomfort in your throat, please do go to a doctor and get checked. If you just don't feel well in general, and would like to tell someone that you don't feel so good, you can say, I feel under the weather. This is an English idiom or an expression and is another way of saying that you feel sick. 
I feel under the weather. Another English idiom to use when you also feel really sick is I feel sick as a dog. Let's do that again. I feel sick as a dog. When you say this, it means that what you're feeling is pretty serious and that you really feel sick. The normal body temperature is between 36 degrees Celsius and 37 degrees Celsius. So if you have a temperature higher than this, then you may have a fever. And one of the symptoms of the coronavirus is, well, a fever. So if you are telling someone that you have a fever, you can say, I feel feverish. My temperature is at 38 degrees Celsius or whatever your temperature reads. Let's do that again. I feel feverish. My temperature is at 38 degrees Celsius. One of the symptoms of the coronavirus is also a dry cough. You know sometimes when you cough and you have phlegm or mucus in your throat that you need to spit out? A dry cough has no phlegm. You just keep coughing, but there's nothing to spit out. So when this happens, you need to tell your doctor because it's one of the symptoms of the coronavirus. And to tell your doctor, you can say, I have a dry cough. Let's do that again. I have a dry cough. But what if you feel great? What if you feel good? You feel healthy as ever. Then you can use these English idioms. The first is, I'm as strong as an ox. Let's try that again. I am as strong as an ox. An ox is an animal resembling a cow commonly used to carry heavy load across distances. So if you say that you are as strong as an ox, this means that you are capable of anything and that you can really go about your daily activities without a hitch. An ox. I'm as strong as an ox. Another way of saying that you are feeling well would be, I'm as fit as a fiddle. Let's try that again. I'm as fit as a fiddle. I'm as fit as a fiddle. A fiddle is an instrument. It's a violin, especially used when you are playing folk music. So another way of saying that you are well is, I'm as fit as a fiddle. Okay, so that's it for this episode. I hope that wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are keeping well and healthy, that you're eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, that you're still getting exercise, and that you are coronavirus-free. And if you are not feeling so well, I hope that you do go see a doctor as soon as possible. Please do subscribe, leave a review, and more importantly, share this podcast to everyone who may need it. I would be super duper grateful. Please also don't forget to follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages at Crushing English. Till next time!